Hello and welcome to Seren Lit Literary Journal. Seren Lit is a Southern renaissance of women, femme identifying and or non-binary writers exploring the lingering South. This podcast is an exquisite extension of our literary journal with SorenLit.com. Again, our literary journal is located at www.sorenlit.com. I'm your host, Melody J. Rogers. If you wish to support our growing literary movement, please feel free to donate funds to our PayPal at S-O-R-E-N-L-I-T, the number four, women, W-O-M-E-N at gmail.com. Again, that's Lit for women at gmail.com. Find us on PayPal. Today, I'm so excited to uh, have our amazing uh, writer, uh, first first writer uh, for our podcast today, first interview. Um, we have Ellen Burkett Morris uh, here with us today. Uh, Ellen Burkett Morris is the author of Lost Girls. Uh, her fiction has appeared in Shenandoah, Shenandoah, Antioch Review, Notre Dame Review, South Carolina Review, and Santa Fe Literary Review, among other journals. She is the winner of the Bevel Summers Prize for Short Fiction, and Ellen is a recipient of the two, two, 2013 Al Smith Fellowship from the Kentucky Arts Council. Uh, so yeah, I'm welcoming her today with my virtual clapping. How you doing, Ellen? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm so glad to be here. Oh, we're so excited to have you. This is such a wonderful time for us. Um, because we are a Southern Renaissance literary journal, I always uh, I like to start with um, uh, understanding our writers' connections to the South because they are so varied. So if you would, um, tell me about your connections to the South. Absolutely. I, uh, I was born and raised and still live in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, and uh, though there is some contention about that, uh, most Louisvillians consider Louisville the South. And uh, I was I was educated in in terms of literature by my father, who would actually read aloud stories to us. And one of the big ones he would read would be the stories of Flannery O'Connor. And I mean, this was when I was a relatively little kid, so I remember uh, you know so much of that is so powerful. And I remember being really um, intrigued and frightened by those stories but I really felt as if it helped establish in me a real sense of that southern voice and also uh, the southern agenda the sort of mix of uh, uh, culture and uh, and religion and environment uh, that helped me craft some of the stories that show up in my collection Lost Girls. Excellent and um, how at what age did you start writing? You know, I wrote from a pretty young age. I have the first thing I wrote, which was, you know, on lined paper bound with ribbon, you know, so I was probably like six or seven when I did that. And then, you know, there was a long period where I would write for school, but, you know, I'll be honest, there was a large part of me that was really afraid of writing creatively, afraid that I'd fail, you know, or not be good enough. And then, so I was really in, I took jobs that helped me write. I took jobs in journalism and freelance writing and editing. And I was in my mid-30s when I thought, if I don't do this now, I will never do this. So uh, so I, I jumped in and I started with poetry. And you know, what I found is like anything that you get good at, it's practice. And uh, so I started to write and take classes and read and submit and got things accepted and sort of built my confidence 
events and eventually went on to uh, work on short stories, short plays, novels, and to enroll in the uh, Queen's University MFA program in order to sort of bring my work to the next level. So, Oh, that was a beautiful experience, was it? I'm a Queen's <laughs> grad as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Really great faculty, really great fellow students, a real community. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I, I always tell people, uh, you know, that Queen's experience, that MFA experience really allowed me to be braver, you know, as a writer um, yep. and to and to really just, you know, not, um, yeah, just just be more courageous, you know, with developing characters in general. Yeah, and that's really what it takes. I'll be honest, you know, as I was writing this story, lost the collection of stories, Lost Girls, you know, what I found is not only confidence to get stuff on the page, but confidence to make some tough choices as you're as you're unrolling the story. So there are several stories in here that have really um, serious things happen and really catastrophic in some instances. And I remember sitting with the story thinking, I really want to rescue these women, but mm-hmm. instead deciding to go there, deciding to go towards the drama, to go towards the difficult choice, but the one that really mo- more closely fit the characters I had developed in the scenario. And so it is that sort of quest for the fictional truth, which a lot of times can require a lot of courage. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and going back to your book and just, um, you know, those beginning stages of constructing um, Lost Girls, what was the most surprising thing you discovered while writing your book? You know, uh, it was interesting. I think, you know, one of the things that intrigued me about it is is where story ideas come from. And I mean, story ideas are, are really literally everywhere. And so um, the title story came a bit from my personal history, inspired by the kidnapping of a young woman in my neighborhood when I was 18. And she was, she was 13. She disappeared from this field between this between the apartment where I lived and a mall where she was she was going, and um, and she just she just plain disappeared and it was one of those things that really stayed with me and I thought um, I, I thought you know there's a story here but more than that there was a real deep desire on my part to want to honor her and make sure that she wasn't forgotten and to sort of figure out through story how to process. Uh, the sadness and pain of watching that happen. And it happens to, you know, that women disappear all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And and so that was a big part of my motivation to try to get that on the page, to honor her, to to honor female experience, but also to find a way to sort of, uh, to remind us to remember uh, Mm. those people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know other stories, other stories in the collection. I have uh, a story called Religion that's about a virgin who wanders into a breastfeeder's group and decides to stay. And originally, I was playing around with the idea that social groups like the La Leche League are a bit like cults, and they have really strict rules that they want you to follow. But they also really pull you in and make you feel a part of a larger group, something larger than yourself, and and. So that was my main premise, but as I wrote the story, it really turned into a story about what loneliness will drive us to do. She was so lonely that this group was was so warm to her that she thought, hey, wait a minute, I don't want to leave. Even if it means that she had to make up a child that didn't exist 
and even if it sent her on a quest to try to breastfeed for no good reason at all other than that she got so caught up in the dynamics of that group wow oh my yeah. goodness i can't wait to i haven't read that one i can't wait to read that one um, because I, I i remember when i you know when having being a mother myself <laughs> and and uh and just being exposed to that the, uh, those particular communities uh uh, how you feel yeah yeah that idea that there's almost no right choice sometimes you feel as if there's no right choice and and yet um yeah yeah I mean she just she just strives to make this thing happen for herself with some pretty unexpected results oh oh my god what a beautiful uh uh, introduction to to your work. I think that's going to be awesome, and that's going to be an amazing read. Um, and 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 that's one of the stories that is going to be in law school. Is that correct? Yes. Excellent. Absolutely. Excellent. Yeah. Um, would you feel free uh, to uh, to read for us today? I'd love to uh, uh, to to hear you uh, read this work um, if you would. I'd be glad to do that. So I'm going to read you the title story, which is which is rather short. So Lost Girls. When I was 18, 13-year-old Dana Lampton disappeared from the strip mall across from her family's apartment. My mind should have been on other things, guys, college, getting past the ID checker at the door of the club, but Dana's disappearance captured my attention. We lived in the same neighborhood and the nearness of the crime creeped me out. As a kid, even before Dana disappeared, I was sure that I would be the girl that was taken. I was always on edge waiting for the next catastrophe, the next fight, my dad moving out, my world collapsing around me as my mother cried day after day. With me gone, those don't tell your father shopping trips wouldn't have happened. My dad wouldn't have anyone to complain about to, to my mom, complain about my mom either, her stupidity, her tackiness. Not that anyone would notice if I was gone. My parents were so busy fighting that a change of scenery would have been appealing at times. Why not abduction? The kidnapping of Patty Hearst made the possibility seem even more real to me. Forget the fact that my family had trouble putting together enough money to take a family vacation or buy a new car, much less raise a pile of ransom money. After Patty was taken, any middle-aged man walking street with his hands in his pockets was cause for alarm. I almost freaked out when my new friend's hippie dad pulled up to the yard where we were playing and yelled for us to get in the van. Images of child slavery rolled through my head. I'd be kept in some commune, forced to mix batches of granola and make homemade yogurt day and night. I even dreamed about being kidnapped. My captor bore a striking resemblance to the 70s television character Archie Bunker. In the dream, his mother, a kindly gray-haired lady, offered me cake. I woke up in a cold sweat, convinced I had tasted the icing. As time passed, I realized I was just too old to be kidnapped anymore. Dana had taken my place. When she came up missing, the FBI combed every inch of the nearby field. The local paper ran her picture once a week for the first year. When I saw her parents on television arm in arm united in their grief, I had a flash of envy. My parents had divorced four years earlier, wrapped up in their own lives. While I tried to figure out high school and how to keep my grades up on my own, my parents requested my presence for drunken midnight weeping sessions and second marriages. I always showed up. 
Years went by and still there was no sign of Dana. How does somebody just vanish? In my imagination, I see her getting older, locked in at night, moving from apartment to apartment, somebody's cries, and me on the outside following my usual routine, school, dates, graduation, college, first job. Sometimes I feel like I'm living for the both of us. I stop and look around, noticing my freedom, the feeling of the sun on my face, my ability to hop in my car and go wherever I want. Why, Dana? I could only guess it was an accident of timing. Who knows how often we cruise the aisles of the grocery store next to a sex offender or drive away from the convenience store as a robber pulls into the lot. Is it fate? Karma? There are no free rides, that's for sure. All we can do is watch our backs and hope for the best. I can't seem to forget her. Each birthday, I do a quick calculation comparing her would-be age to my own. Every few years, I come here and leave something for Dana. Tampons, an old set of car keys, a graduation cap. She'll be 21 this year. Tonight, I'll leave this bottle of Jack Daniels. By morning, it'll be gone. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. My landline tried to interrupt us. Oh, so. it's you know what it 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 brought uh, you know it, it just it just it just um, brought out the ambiance even more. Uh, I thought that was just absolutely exceptional, and um, and I can't uh, I can't wait for our readers to to get this book. Um, uh, tell us how we can follow you and um, and where are, is uh, Lost Girls available. Yeah, Lost Girls is available at, at bookshops everywhere, uh, of course through Amazon, uh, of course through Bookshop, uh, which is an indie bound, which supports independent booksellers, so that would be a great place to find it. Um, so uh, you can find it in all of those ways. And in terms of keeping up with me, I have a writer page on Facebook, Ellen Burkett Morris Writer. I am on Instagram and uh, let me let me double check my Instagram handle here, uh, and, and that is uh, that is Ellen Burkett, at Ellen Burkett Morris all run together. I'm on Twitter um, at let's see uh, is Burkett B I R K E T T underscore Morris, I, and I have a web page that where you can find information about Lost Girls and also my other work, and that would be ellenburkettmorris.inc, I-N-K, so. Awesome, well, we're excited to get to know you more and, and read your work. Um, we're so, um, we're so honored to have you today. I think that um, your uh, your writing and storytelling is, um, and especially your delivery, it's just um, uh, pretty, pretty amazing. And um, and we're definitely honored to have you today. Um, I did want to um, ask um, one final question. Um, I'm always curious to see what writers are reading now. Oh, gosh, yeah. Right now. Right now, I'm in the middle of a couple different books. Uh, I just finished a book on me. Oh, yeah. I just got two or three going at a time. Yeah. I just finished a book that I like to lot called How How to Mars. And I don't read a lot of science fiction, but uh, but I found it really intriguing. And the fellow who wrote it is David Ebenbach, E-B-E-N-B-A-C-H. He, uh, 
he's an award-winning writer and um, he, he's he's written fiction, poetry, all kinds of stuff. And so this is his foray into science fiction. And I've really enjoyed that one. And, and in many ways, though, it's a story, it's about a group of people who go to Mars and uh, are living on Mars. There's a reality show related to their adventures on Mars. <laughs> but it's really about how to, uh, it's about how to be a human being, how to be, uh, you know, how do you, how do you operate in circumstances you don't expect? And, and, you know, how do you find community with a bunch of people, in this case, a bunch of other misfits? Um, I love it. Oh, I love yeah. it. Oh, it's so fantastic. I'm also reading uh, Milk Fat by Melissa Broder, um, which is, um, I have to say, uh, really, it's a book about desire, and it's 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 really intriguing. It's the protagonist has an eating disorder, and she becomes an obsessed with a woman who's uh, somewhat heavier, who works in a frozen yogurt shop, who sort of teaches her how to enjoy food and how to enjoy life. And uh, I love and this lady already. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah, and it's got uh, tons of just a, a a lot of sex scenes in there. Um, just FYI, um, it's it's so it's really it's really interesting, and uh, you know I'm told it's really hard to put down, honestly. And then I've started The Lost Apothecary by Sarah Penner, which is a historical novel that goes between two women one is a modern day woman who's who might who may be pregnant whose husband has just had an affair and the other woman whose story is told is a woman who owns an apothecary shop uh way back in the in the uh, 1800s and she dispenses poison to women who want to get rid of their husbands uh, yeah yeah definitely putting those books on my list such great recommendations <laughs> well thanks thanks i'm really enjoying all of those wow. well i appreciate you ellen and we um we appreciate you uh becoming a sore and lit writer and uh and sharing your work with us today and being a part of our movement um we definitely will spread the word and um and hopefully um someday soon you can come back um and uh and read from a, read uh some more of your work that, that would be wonderful. I've got a poetry book coming out in July from, from, yeah, from Seven Kitchens Press that is called Abide. And uh, there's nothing I'd love more than to come back come back over and uh, and share some of that with you. Oh, we're definitely scheduling that. That's going to be uh, beautiful. And congratulations on all of your accomplishments. I think that's, um, uh, I'm, I'm really here for your ride. I can't, and I can't wait to read all of your work. <laughs> Thank you. And, and I'm so excited about Soren Lit and everything you guys are doing and really glad to be a part of it. Uh, thank you so much, Ellen, and I hope you take care and um, and just have a wonderful day. And uh, and we'll see you soon, right? Sounds great. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye.